Thank you very much. Good to see you here this morning. Good news. So glad that you can make it to the last service of the decade. So glad that you're here. So let's spend some time in prayer together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we know that the heavens and the earth are yours and everything in them. For you laid the foundations of your creation, established all that is seen, even the things that we cannot see. Once again, we do see the power and the precision of the beauty of the work that we live in this beautiful community that is St. John's County. Father God, we thank you for the gift of life. Help us to relish it each day. Help us to sense that you really are here, close by us here this morning. Merciful God, with reflection on this year and this decade, I quickly count all the ways that I missed the mark. And as a church, we missed the mark. We're not holy as you're holy, so we confess to our sins at the same way at the same time, we pray for the Spirit of Christ to change us. Clear our minds of impure thoughts. Tame our hurtful tongues. Remind us that in Christ we are no longer condemned. And we praise you for that. Our faith is what sets us free. So make us people who are joyfully forgiven. And joyfully forgive those who sins against us. Father, at times this world seems truly chaotic and disturbing, so we pray, pray that we have the hope of you returning to fully redeem all things. We want your kingdom to come, your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, until you return, help us to live unafraid, confident in your plan, because that's where true joy can be found. Father, your Son is the light of the world so that we as followers of Christ may shine with the same radiant glory so that you may be known through our worship, and through our obedience. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are celebrating what the Lord has done at Good News Church in 2019. So if you're new here this morning, this is going to be a little different than, than normal. We usually don't show 10 testimonial videos, uh, but we're going to do that this morning. I hope that you'll be inspired by what God has done and we can celebrate what God has done in the life of the church. All these highlights and all these testimonies that we're going to share really come from the Holy Spirit working in through all of our gospel partners. So I just want to say thank you for serving in all the areas that you do. Thank you for serving with joy. Thank you for serving with your giftedness. Uh, thank you for being so generous uh, with your tithes and offerings so that we can uh, be able to, to worship Jesus and be able to proclaim him uh, in this community. The first highlight that we have to start with actually happened this week. It was on Christmas Eve, and many of you were here. Many of you invited your friends and neighbors, and we had over 900 people on this campus, over 1,800 people on both campuses, which is awesome. But the even better number than all that is on this campus, we know that 42 people professed faith in Christ for the first time, which is awesome. I got to hear a couple of stories of people that uh, raised their hands for, for Christ, and uh, to be able to celebrate those life rings, indicating that people are coming to faith in Christ. It was really, really cool to see uh, people go from death to life, and that's really what it's all about. So thank you, uh, thank you, thank you for all the ways that you invited and served so that we could have a really great service. Um, as we're celebrating, I know some of you may be thinking, well, I didn't have the greatest year ever. I don't have a whole lot to celebrate, or maybe you're just ex excited for this year to be over. But I want to remind you uh, of a promise from the Old Testament, if you didn't have a really great year. This was with uh, Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And this is what happened. It says, uh, God's word says in Genesis, I will bless her and surely give her 
uh, give you a son by her. I will bless her so she'll be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, uh, If only Ishmael might live under this blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son. You will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him and the everlasting covenant for the descendants after him. And so after all this time of thinking that God was going to move and Abraham was actually falling down, face down, laughing, and maybe that's how you feel this year with God. Maybe you feel like maybe you're just waiting for him to show up. I want you to just re be reminded of that promise because you look a couple chapters uh, further in Genesis 21. It says, and now the Lord was gracious to Sarah and said, and said, the Lord did what Sarah had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. And at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave, the name, gave him the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. It's, it's just awesome to see God work in the ways that he works. He's on the move. He's on the move in your life. He's on the move in our church. And I'm so thankful for his faithfulness, the faithfulness that we, can, uh, we should never doubt because he's on the move in our lives. And we get to see it with 42 people coming to faith in Christ. We get to see it. I get a front row seat to hundreds of people in, in your lives to see God move over and over and over. We're reminded in the Westminster Confession of Faith, the very first question is, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is the man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So we need to remember that here at, at Good News. What the chief end of our lives are is to glorify and worship God. And the way that we do that here at Good News is by being on the disciple-making adventure together is that we're looking to be disciples that make disciples because Jesus died for our sins. I mean, that's the whole reason why Jesus came to earth, right? Because we were in our sin, we were messed up, we fell short, we were hopeless without him, and he comes on this earth, born in a lowly state, lives a perfect life, dies on the cross for all our sins, and then raises from the dead victorious that if we believe in him, we can have eternal life. And these 42 people recognized Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They didn't just have head knowledge of him, but they trusted him. They took a step of faith to confess their sins and to trust in him. And if you've never done that before, won't you do that? Once you put your faith and trust in Christ, outside of Christ, uh, we can never have eternal life. Outside of Christ, we have to answer for our sins. But in Christ, uh, we have life. We have righteousness. We have joy. We have eternity. See, Jesus is our model with his life and, and ministry, and, and I want to pattern my life after Jesus, and that's what we're trying to do here at Good News is that we're trying to encourage you to pattern your life after Jesus and bear much fruit. And so that's the main scripture for this morning is in John chapter 15 where we see uh, uh, Jesus talking about bearing much fruit. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, you can uh, look up on the screen. Jesus says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You are, already, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this that, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. Don't you want your joy to be made complete? Don't you want to be able to have a joyful 2020? We need to remain in Jesus. And so we want to give you some highlights over this last year and, and focus on the fruit that, that Jesus has given this church. And hopefully you're inspired by it. And if you're here for the first time, we're so glad you're here. You get to have a little recap of what God has done uh, throughout the year. I wanted to start a little bit personal with some, some highlights. Uh, Christy and I worked on her, her Instagram story. If you don't follow my wife on Instagram, you should. She's amazing on Instagram. And she always posts things that are going on in our lives and in the lives of the church. And so we came up with some highlights of some things over the past year that I wanted to uh, quickly share with you uh, some of the things about my paper. There it is. So a couple things. First, she talked about the 29th message for you to come. So you're here. So congratulations. Thanks. Thanks for coming. The next slide just shows uh, my son Luke uh, just raising up his hands before the church. I just thought that was a really cool picture of worship. Uh, one of the next highlights that we had was uh, taking some time in our small group to go through the art of parenting. If you're a parent here, you know the struggles that come with it and the joys that come with it. And our small group took some time to go through Family Life's art of parenting. I highly recommend it. It's always great to gather in small group, and we got to uh, do this together uh, in small group. Another highlight for us personally, and you guys uh, see my dad every week, it's awesome to have my parents involved in church, and he's the head of the parking team, so sometimes he has crazy hats, sometimes he has uh, crazy uh, uniforms on, but he's always out there smiling, park, getting you parked, so, we're so we were so thankful for that. And also to see uh, my stepmom, Cheryl, be involved in the life of the church. It's such an awesome thing to see God's faithfulness come through in that. When, when they first moved uh, to St. Augustine, um, they didn't really want to have, have anything to do with the church. But slowly the Holy Spirit worked on them. And just so grateful to have her serving uh, in, the, in the children's ministry. Another highlight for, for us was the, the mother-son uh, Star Wars campout. If you were here for that, you know how exciting that was to have our first campout with the Star Wars theme. And uh, I know they had a, a great time uh, doing that together. So thank you for all those that were involved. It is awesome that you see on the next, uh, next slides here just to have all my uh, parents close by and see the grandparents get closer to their kids here in church. And we see so much of that with just the intergenerational families coming together, worshiping the Lord together, and we're so, so grateful uh, for that. My wife, Christy, leads the seventh grade girls small group. And uh, there is always a need to serve in the student ministry. So if you're interested in serving in the new year, we'd love to have you jump in. There's tons of fruit happening. Their, their group has grown tremendously in faith. A lot of the students there uh, are not involved in church. Their parents just dropped them off here on Wednesday night. So it's really cool to see uh, Christy's leadership, the other leaders in their group, helping them grow. As you see in the next slide, a lot of them just got their first Bibles for the first time at 12, 13, 14 years old. 
So thank you for being a church that believes in the next generation. Uh, it's awesome to be able to celebrate that. And many of those students that were in that group and in the student group went to Passion Camp where they grew fit, uh, in their faith. And uh, we got to see many students uh, come to know Jesus at Passion Camp this past year. It was a really, really exciting time. And then um, one of my highlights always of the year is the daddy-daughter dance. Uh, I love going to this with my daughter Liliana. Encourage you to check it out in 2020 if you haven't gone before. Uh, this was my 13th year going with my daughter. I uh, can't believe how quickly she's growing up, but it was an awesome, awesome highlight. Um, Christy and I were really blown away by the appreciation that you guys gave us in October for National Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, it was unbelievable. We were blown away. Um, Ella Fullerton put together a, a, a book for us with all, this, you know, all these encouraging letters. If you wrote a letter in there, thank you so much. It meant so much to us. And then Kelly Kyes organized this army of people that were bringing us meals and gifts all month long. It was amazing. Um, so thank you so much. It was definitely a, a huge highlight uh, for us. Uh, we love doing Vacation Bible School every year, and we get to see hundreds of kids come to learn about Jesus, and so there's a, a couple of slides here uh, from us, and then you get to see all the, all the faces laughing, and Jackie Roche does a great job of organizing all together. Yeah, it was such a great time to see the fruit uh, that happens through Vacation Bible School, and then uh, to kind of re reiterate what I was saying before, just having Christy's parents here also uh, and seeing my kids just draw closer to them. So it's such a great highlight for us, and I'm so thankful for such a welcoming church that brings us all in and welcomes our family and, and uh, cares for our family. And we kind of bring it all full circle with just talking about, uh, talking about the, the series that we've done through the years. Uh, the Marvel series was such a, a cool highlight to, to see all the uh, kids get dressed up and use things of this world to focus on on Jesus, and then, of course, the Christmas Eve service that I talked about at the beginning were just some really great highlights. So thank you for letting me get a little bit personal this morning and share a little bit about what uh, we really just saw God move this year. And I really saw God move also through the staff. Uh, if you don't know uh, the staff, I just want to tell you that they are an amazing group of people. When I talk about bearing fruit, I can't help but think about them. And so I think about Dylan Cousart and his wife, Pam. And I included the spouses in here because behind the scenes, they do so much. They do so much. I mean, you see with uh, the Instagram story there, Christy is my biggest supporter, and she's constantly giving me ideas and helping me with things. The, the scripture that I shared about Abraham uh, came from her talking to me through the message. And so there's so many things that the spouses do. And so I just thank Dylan uh, so much for doing two roles right now. He's doing the worship, doing, this, doing the student ministry, constantly seeking uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit uh, to, to lead those ministries. So grateful for the fruit in his life. Think about Samantha and her husband, Matt. Uh, Samantha does so much in the life of the church behind the scenes, uh, trying to keep me organized, which is a full-time job, trying to get, keep all the staff focused on Christ, helping them with all kinds of administrative duties. So, so grateful for her. Think about Parker and Amy Fretwell. Parker just coming on staff now. Uh, he's been on staff for three months as the campus director overseeing the small groups, which is a huge job. He also oversees the staff and all the ministries that are happening on this campus. So lots of things for him to do and so grateful for the fruit in his life. 
thing about Lisa and, and Harry, and Lisa came up here, you see how positive and bubbly she is. She's like that all the time. Uh, she has such a, a, a positive spirit about her, always counting on the Lord to work through the kids' ministry. So grateful for the fruit in, in her life. And then Amanda and uh, her husband, Joe, Amanda oversees the nursery and takes care of the schedule of all the things, all the people that are serving and making sure all the supplies are there and such fruit from even the youngest of ages of the kids growing up uh, in the church. And the point for this morning is that Jesus loves fruit and uh, he allows us to bear much fruit when we're connected to him and we get to see that so much in the life of the church. The first challenge that Jesus gave to his disciples was to come and see. And John 1, 39 says, he said to them, come and you will see. And the Greek word for, for come and see, that phrase literally means just to show up. And so we want people at Good News, we want to be an environment where people can just show up and come to learn about Jesus. And I'm so grateful that there is an environment to do that. We see that with 42 people coming to faith in Christ. We see that with people inviting their friends and neighbors all the time. We want it to be an environment uh, where you can uh, just come and see, come and hang out with Jesus, come to learn more about Jesus. Uh, even if you don't know anything about him, we want it to be a comfortable environment. And then the next challenge that Jesus gave his disciples was to follow me. In John uh, 1, 43, Jesus said to him, follow me. And when we follow him, we're taking our first step of faith. That's what those 42 people did, and all those almost 170 people on those life rings this year did. They took a step of faith. And when you take a step of faith, you're actually following after what Jesus does. When Jesus says, follow me, that Greek word actually means to follow in my footsteps. It's like if you're, if you're taking a, a, a step in snow. I know we don't have a whole lot of snow here in, in Florida, but growing up in, in New Hampshire, um, sometimes the snow would be very deep, and I can remember my parents walking in front of me, creating tracks for me to be able to step in so I wouldn't go deep down into the snow. And that's the same thing what Jesus is saying here. Follow me. Follow in my footsteps. And so we have a few, few videos here this morning that kind of go through each of the challenges that Jesus gave. So for the first, come and see and follow me. We see a couple people here this morning, starting with the Bonfiglio family, that challenged or got challenged to come and see and to come follow Jesus. And so here's that first video. Bonfiglios. We had been looking, you know, we're from Connecticut and we had been looking to, um, to, to kind of move south and we had heard about St. Augustine. Um, so we, we uh, Sandy, uh, reached out to... Um, went online for a realtor too while we're down here to kind of show us show us around and show us some houses and uh, the first place he took us uh, we fell in love with the community but even more so um, as part of kind of the tour we went to the pool area and you know that's where yeah, we uh, met, met a lot of the families you know a lot of moms that were there and a lot of them went to the news church so it just happened that we were there on a weekend and so we came um to good news on that sunday and uh we knew at that point that this is where we um, should be. You know, for um, me initially, you know, it was we met um, the Davises, Stacy Davis's family. They live on our street. Um, we had connected with them right away, and they were the initial people who invited us to our small group. And um, our small group is, is really, um, it's amazing. yeah, they're an incredible group. We really um, 
I mean, we have truly leaned on them very much just in regards to emotional support, um, just helping us on this journey, praying for us. I mean, it is, we've, we feel like we've done life alone for a long time. Um, and just having the support system of the community to know that they're praying for us and moments where we are having self-doubt and we're just questioning things and we have a group of people who are there to, to pray for us and be with us. So that was a huge, a small group is a huge, um, a huge part of that in, in our group. The, the, our small group um, families are amazing. I mean, they're just amazing people that, you know, we couldn't have done this without them. They were really an anchor for us, and um, we're very, we're so grateful. I mean, words really can't express, you know, um, our gratitude. So, so these highlights are from families on both campuses, and the Bonfiglios go to the the Wildwood campus, and it's so cool to hear how they were invited to to come and see and and find a church home. The next highlight is from Amy Fretwell as she talks about biblical community and welcoming others. My name is Amy Fretwell. Earlier this year, I heard a missionary give a talk, and she's someone who has worked with the poorest of the poor for almost 20 years, and she said, love has to look like something. And I've thought about that comment a lot, especially in relation to what we've been learning here at Good News loving God, loving others, and loving the lost. That has to look like something. And so this year, I've been trying to be more intentional about making love look like something, making time to show my love for others, um, trying to reach out to friends more frequently, especially if there's someone I know is going through a hard time, maybe just sending a text, asking if they can meet me for coffee, um, seeing if I can pray for them, just trying to connect more regularly with people, uh, including friends that I have in our community that are far from God, that don't know the Lord, trying to reach out and share parts of my testimony with them, hopefully to encourage them. Um, we have seen a lot of families in the community visit our church and we hope to always include everyone to be a part of what we're doing and hopefully the way that we connect with others, makes them feel welcome, and, um, and you know, hopefully we are inviting people to be a part of what we're doing. I hope that God will continue to give us opportunities to serve and um, to share His love with others, and we would love to see people that we know that we have become friends with, uh, people that maybe don't know the love of God yet. We would love to see them um, have the love of Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's really what we want to accomplish here at Good News is that we want to be disciples that, that follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, we love Jesus. We love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and that we love the lost. And she summed that up greatly. So Jesus' first challenge was to, to come and see. His second challenge was to, to come follow me. And then he says, I will make you fishers of men. And the Christian life is, is not all about us. It's about serving others. It's about worshiping it's a wor worshiping Jesus. And as we do that, we get to see how God uses us in powerful and, and awesome ways. And so as we hear some of these next videos, you'll hear this theme of people uh, being used by God, using their gifts, taking a step out in faith to say, I'm going to be fishers of men. I'm going to take some steps to be able to reach out to others. And I'm not just going to think about it. I'm, I'm going to do it. And so the first story is about uh, 
Celesta Mitchell and how she stepped up to, to reach people for Christ through her running club. I'm Mitchell, and um, I've been going to Good News for six or seven years now. Um, a few years back, I felt a tug on my heart to start a running club and I thought is that really what I'm supposed to do I'm not a runner I don't know if I'm good enough to encourage others um, I have so many other things going on in my life you know I have three boys little boys um, I'm busy all the time um, but then I, I thought, okay, if this dog is from God, um, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to ask my mom to pray about it. And uh, if it continues, then I will know that God is asking me to do something. Um, so it did. It continued. And um, I decided to start the running group. And it's not just a simple running group. Um, uh, I enjoy running now, um, although the primary purpose of the group is just to encourage other women different stages in their lives uh, a lot of them are not Christians and it's an opportunity to share um, both our struggles and our praises and uh, be there for each other and then pray together so we start we we meet every Saturday morning and we start by sharing life and uh, and then we pray for every single one in the running group and 30 to an hour later, we run for just the 5K every, every, every Saturday. There are a few women that just don't know Jesus. And I, um, I want our group to, to just be that, that light into their lives. Um, and this may be their only way of hearing about Jesus. So. I want our example, the Christian ladies that are in the group, to, to be an encouragement to them. And God calls us to, to love one others. That's how he even says, um, in order for others to know that you are my disciples, um, love one another and see Jesus at work. It's really cool to see something that maybe she wasn't even interested in, but to follow God in obedience. And the next person did the same thing of following God in obedience is Andrew Mooneyhan, uh, who serves in, mainly in the, in the kids' ministry. And um, it's cool to see how he was called to be fishers of men. So here is, here is his video. Uh, I'm Andrew Mooneyhan. Uh, my daughter Harmony and I have been coming to Good News for uh, almost two years now. At, uh, almost right at two years. And um, it's been absolutely a... a life-changing experience for us to be at Good News. So Pastor Andy uh, invited um, about 40 men in the church to do a chronological study of Jesus. One of the things that really stuck out to me was, you know, the amount of time that Jesus spent in prayer. And if we're going to be a disciple um, that makes other disciples, we're going to need to be in prayers. You know, we need to be ready to, to listen to him at all times. And, you know, one of the things in that study that we did was we learned about the relationships. And with Jesus, it was about making relationships that were 
unbelievably valuable. And then in turn, those people that he made those relationships with and those bonds with could then turn and do the same thing and duplicate it and teach others how to duplicate that same process. And that's really what the disciple making adventure has, has, has been all about. And so I reached out to my nephew and he's in the Navy, uh, 21. And he said, yeah, no, absolutely. Sure thing. Uncle Andy, just uh, send me the book. I'll be happy to do the study with you. So I was like, okay, great. Send him the book. And a couple weeks into the study, uh, one of his bunkmates who was a Christian, saw the study, saw what he was doing and said, hey, you know, inquired about it. And they started doing the study together. And a couple of weeks later, the other bunkmates, there's two other bunkmates that were not Christian, um, saw them growing in their faith and saw what a difference that their life was changing to be and inquired about it and started doing the study together. And so talking to them the couple of times about the study and trying to lead them and was just a tremendous faith growing experience uh, for myself. What a cool thing there, the multiplication of disciple-making. You see that there? He got challenged to study the life of Jesus. Then he challenged some other people. And we saw uh, 40 guys that took the challenge to do that. Many of them then took several other guys to go through the life of Jesus study. And if you're excited about that, guys, you're thinking about it, you hear about the women's uh, study that's happening, there is going to be a men's discipleship study that's going to be happening uh, starting at the end of January. We're going to start letting you know about the details of that next week so that you can uh, make make disciples that make disciples. And it's cool to see how God has worked through all the generations here at Good News. And so here's the story of, of Riley Stevens, who's a sophomore at St. Augustine High School, who decided that he's going to use his time on the football team, not just to play football, but to reach his teammates. So here's that story. Stevens, I'm 16 years old. Um, I've grown up going to Good News Church. My relationship with Christ um, grew so much this year. Um, I was able to do Knowing Him, which is a 50-day chronological study of the life of Jesus. Um, so I was able to look through the life of Jesus, um, looking at how He um, lived and how I can model to walk as Jesus walked. And Jesus taught me to be more proactive in my faith. Um, like I said, I grew up in the church um, and hadn't really um, invited people to church, hadn't really had gospel conversations with people. Um, but then looking at Jesus, everywhere he went, he was sharing the gospel with people. Um, and that's just been amazing for me, just to know that no matter what I'm doing, I always have a chance to talk to people about Jesus. Um, Jesus offered the invitation to uh, many people to come and see and to follow me. Um, so I was able to offer the invitation um, to my teammates to come and see Jesus. Um, I invited them to take 15 minutes after football workouts during the summer to open up the Bible um, and look at Jesus. Um, and that was a pretty amazing thing because I was able to um, use the exact words that Jesus used by come and see. And I, I told my teammates, come and see Jesus. The first week we did it, there was only one person that showed up. Um, and I was, I was kind of disappointed, but then at the same time I was super thankful that God produced one person that came and was able to hear the good news of Jesus. Um, and over the year, um, so many people were able, so many more people were able to come. It started off with one person, um, then it was four or five, um, nine to ten people, and then 
towards the end of the year and into the season, um, there was 20 guys showing up every, every week um, to learn about Jesus. And I thought it was so amazing, the hunger um, that all the people showed, all my teammates. They were just so eager to hear Jesus. And then even after um, the Bible study was over, they were like, tell me when you're meeting again. I'd, I'd love to come next time. Um, it was just really cool to see how eager they were to hear about Jesus. This year, um, I've been able to offer the invitation for my teammates to come to youth group. Um, so when they come, I'm able to kind of take them aside and just, just meet with them. Because um, I think that's the most comfortable for them, just to, to be with people they know. And um, it's almost like a brotherhood with their football teammates. So meet with them, and every Wednesday night, we're able to look at Jesus more. Um, and they keep coming, and it's amazing. Yeah, so I want to continue doing the Bible study with my teammates, um, and I'd love for them to come to faith in Jesus. I mean, that's the most important thing I can share with them. It's pretty amazing for a 15-year-old to get the gospel like that, of wherever he's living, working, and playing, he's going to reach out to those around him. We all can do the same, whether it's in our neighborhood or our workplace or at school, we can all do the same. Adam, I'm going to skip down one video to Emma Queener because this is kind of the same, same type of story of a teenager using her gifts uh, to go fishing for men. And so here's Emma Queener's story. All right, my name is Emma Queener. I am a junior at Nice High School. Uh, in sixth grade, my friend Maddie invited me to youth group, and I've been coming ever since. <laughs> I think I've learned the importance of, I don't know, just being attentive to other people and not, like, really, I don't really know how to describe it, just, like, when you ask other people how they're doing, just to really listen to the answers and to put effort and time into your relationships, and I've been working a lot on opening up to people and just being open with God and my friends. I've been given the wonderful opportunity to help co-lead a sixth grade girls small group. Hi girls! <laughs> but um, I've learned a lot about God and discipling through that and like through their lessons even I'm still kind of learning new things but I've had the opportunity to kind of help pour into them. I don't know a whole bunch still but I know enough and I'm trying to help them as much as I can. I'm so grateful for a congregation that says we love our next generation and we're going to have them be a part of the church, that this is their church too. Emma's up here, she was up here this morning, uh, part of the worship team. This is their church, this is the next generation too, and so uh, we want them to be able to take part in what God has called them to do. The, the scripture that I read to you uh, this morning about being in, remaining attached to the true vine, Jesus, Verse 4 says, remain in me and I will remain in you. That, that word remain is the, is the Greek word meno, which means like a joey in the pouch of the mama kangaroo. That's what we're called to be attached to Jesus. We're supposed to be that close to him as we challenge people to come and see and follow me and, and be fishers of men. We want to bear much fruit. And so I have a few more videos here. Um, the first one is for some guys from some college guys at the University of North Florida who are on the basketball team there and are, again, using the ways that God has, has placed them to be able to bear much fruit. And so here's their story. I'm Emmanuel Lambright. I go to University of North Florida. I was on the UNF basketball team, and David Ackerman was a the manager there, and he, he invited me to come. 
uh, I learned that the gospel isn't just uh, a call to be a, a better person and try harder, but is actually about a gracious God who, who loves me and cares so much that he sent his son to, to die for me. And that is actually good news and isn't just like um, legalism or just, I don't know, another weight to carry, but is actually something that, that lifts the sin off of me. One of the managers on the team, um, me and him have like, we started talking and we've got to know each other pretty well. And we sat down and we read, uh, I think we read through, we read through Romans um, together. And that was super awesome. He, uh, at first he had like a really hard time trying to like understanding that we can't earn our way into heaven or that our good works don't mean anything as far as like before God, uh, like our righteousness before God is not of ourselves, but is only possible through Jesus Christ. Like he had a really hard time seeing that. He thought that he could, by his good works, get into heaven. Um, but we talked through that and he, he really like, it was a really cool moment when his eyes like lit up and he saw that his works weren't good enough, but that Christ's works were sufficient. And then like in that moment, he just, he gave his life to Christ and it was super awesome. My name is Ryan. Uh, I go to UNF. I'm originally from Orlando and I uh, just started attending Good News about a couple months ago. I heard about Good News from your son, David. He's a good friend of mine. We're both managers on the UNF basketball team. So he said, you should come and see. And so I came to Good News and uh, I've been coming ever since. Uh, I'm, I've learned and am still learning more and more ways. Uh, I'm in need, desperate need of Jesus and um, just how broken I am and that I can't do it by myself. But I'm really glad that Jesus came and died and rose again for me. I've learned a lot through reading scripture and learned truths that I wouldn't have come to on my own. And God's shown me ways that I can better follow him through that. I need community desperately to function and it's following Jesus is hard. Um, and it certainly gets easier when I have people around me to uh, encourage me and challenge me, show me ways that I can improve and, and encourage me and tell me things that I'm doing really well. And I've really enjoyed having friends such as Emmanuel and David and uh, Carter, guys who come here that I can do life with. I'm very much so prone to, to being alone. I, I do definitely tend towards isolation most times. Uh, that's my default setting. So being here with like the little core group that we have um, that has started to come down here every Sunday has been super awesome to like grow together, hear the gospel together, and talk about Jesus together. This, this language of being the, the vine really started in, with Isaiah and Ezekiel talking about the nation of, of Israel being the, the true hope. But as Israel kept falling away from the Lord, kept doing things that didn't honor him, we see Jesus coming as the true vine here. He says that he's the true vine, that we can rejoice with Jesus for all the things that he has done and all the things that he continues to do. And uh, speaking about rejoicing and, and serving, here's the story of Gina Johns and the McNeelys about their experience serving.
Johns and I have been a member of Gooden since uh, 2013 and the idea of teaching fourth and fifth grade children when I first became a member just I just never even thought about it and now I can't even imagine not not serving in the, that capacity with the kids. I'm Patty McNeely and we've been in the church since 2014 um, and like Gina, the last thing on my mind was teach. It scared the heck out of me to think about teaching fourth grade, fourth and fifth graders, because I was new to my faith at that point. I mean, I grew up believing, but I was new to the Bible, put it that way, new to the Bible at that point. Mm -hmm. And to teach somebody else, it was just kind of scary. And it's just been phenomenal. Um, can't get enough of it. I'm George McNeely, and obviously Patty's husband, and uh, I started helping them out a couple years ago. Um, I've really enjoyed the last couple years helping them out. Um, we have gotten a real good team between the three of us with the fourth and fifth graders, and we have a real connection with them. Uh, and it's really, it's really, really fun to, mm -hmm. to come in on Sunday and, and teach them. The older kid, the children that we've already taught, the fourth and fifth graders we already taught now in sixth and seventh grade come back and help us. They like to sit in on the class and participate in the class. They help us getting the message across to the kids um, in the fourth and fifth grade and they help them look up in the Bible. Um, some of their things that they come out with teach us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely, mm -hmm. they, they, they can put things in a, in a perspective sometimes that we can't, that the, the kids can relate to better. And it, of course, it, it benefits us too, because we learn, we learn that too, so. For the older kids, again, coming back and helping, um, I don't think when they were in fourth and fifth grade, you know, that they were thinking that way, but a year or two later, yeah. it's just wonderful to see the growth. Um, and, um, and, the, and the enthusiasm is, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's fun to be able to serve the Lord together, and there's so many stories about that in the church that we can rejoice in Jesus together, and I get to see that in my own family with Liliana. She wants to wake up early every Sunday to come and serve, and it's such an exciting thing uh, to be a part of, and so hopefully uh, you've gotten a little picture about what God has done in our church and that you're excited for, for 2020, that we can rejoice with Jesus. In your studies that are on those chairs, if you didn't bring your study with you, you can grab one of those. Look on page 52. There's a few questions here that we can talk about in closing as I have one final video to show you. But there's some questions there to take time to remember what Jesus has done in your life and to think about the coming year. What did you learn this year? What are some things that you learned, that, some things that Jesus taught you? How did God build in your faith in 2019? Who did you have a gospel conversation with in 2019? Maybe you didn't have any gospel conversations with anyone this year, and you've heard these stories and have it be an inspiration for you to make it be a goal to prayerfully think about some people that you're going to talk uh, the gospel with this year. How are you involved in building believers? How are you encouraging one another? Maybe it's in your small group or at your workplace or in your home. What did you learn about one anothering this year and the importance of, of having fellowship together? 
And what are a few things you think God wants to work on in your life in 2020? So I encourage you to take a little time this week and think through those, those questions. Let God move uh, through your life. And because as we begin 2020 as a church, we believe that Jesus is going to bear much fruit. We believe that he loves his church. And it's not because of our great ability. Certainly we have tons of weaknesses in our church. But we're so thankful to let the Holy Spirit work in and through us. Verse 7 and through 9 again right here. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. As we draw closer and closer to Jesus through his word, through his prayer, through prayer, through coming to church together, uh, we can't help but bear fruit. Because as we're connected to the vine, we'll want to make disciples that make disciples. This final uh, one-minute video here from Andrew uh, just talks a little bit about uh, how he got to see fruit be um, born in his life uh, through this year. So here's this final video. In April, my father passed away. And um, for many years, I had not been in church ministry and had gone away from the faith. And one of the things that they had been praying for is for me to get back into the, into the faith, into church, and to be the right kind of dad that I need to be, and to be you know, someone who's living for the kingdom. And one of the things that he told me the week before that he died while he was still coherent was that he was proud of the man that I had become. And really, it's kind of tough, but um, it was, in retrospect, it's really me who was proud of the man that he was and in leading his family um, and, and being a pastor and leading other families and bearing a lot of fruit. And one of the things that Miss Lisa Kent was struggled with was you know, something to give me from the church when my dad had passed away to let me know that the church cared about me and was here for me if there was anything that I needed. And she came up with this great idea that about a pear tree. And she said, you know, your dad was one that bare much fruit and this would be something that will last a, a, forever is, you know, a pear tree that would continue to bear fruit. So I took the tree and we planted it at my sister's house and she has some other fruit trees and um, it wasn't doing so well at first and then it kind of took root and has started to, uh, started to grow and we are anxiously awaiting for the first pears to come off of that tree this year. And that's what we get to do. We get to anxiously await how, how Jesus is going to bear fruit in us in 2020 because Jesus loves fruit, so let's rejoice in Jesus. The way that he's worked in your life this past year, and this past year has been tough, that we can look forward to the promise just like God gave to Abraham in our lives. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for all the fruit that you've given us here at Good News. And certainly we are imperfect. Certainly there are ways that, uh, that you can work in our lives to improve upon. Lord, I'm so thankful for the grace that you give us. I'm so thankful for the mercy that you give us, even working through those weaknesses. Lord, I pray that uh, this week we could start off the, the next year rejoicing in you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.